Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Wishing all of you a wonderful, happy new year on this New Year's Eve. It is also the eve of the Washington Commanders taking on the Cleveland Browns in a game that I mean, we can call it a must-win, right? They, they, they just about need it. Uh, 1-800-636-1067 is the call in line. That's 1-800-636-1067. Now, we've been talking a lot about the quarterbacks. It's Wentz, okay? We, we can discuss and we can make ourselves go blue in the face discussing how they ended up with Wentz. Or should it be Heineke? Or was this guy given a fair shot? Or was that guy given a fair shot? But the reality is it's once. So in the interest of it being New Year's Eve and and New Year's resolutions being a thing, I started thinking about what what would we all want Carson Wentz's New Year's resolution to be? Right, If you're taking over the Washington Commanders for the final two games with, with the playoffs on the line, with... um. Really, I mean, the the in a, in a lot of ways, his career hanging in the balance. What would you want Carson Wentz and his, his? What would you want for him to be his New Year's resolution? If you have a good answer, again, that call in number one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. I feel I have a pretty good one here, and I don't care who the quarterback is for Washington. This should be their their New Year's resolution, but definitely Wentz. Get the ball to Terry McLaurin. Early, often, late, often, middle, often, get the ball to Terry McLaurin. Matter of fact, I'm going to say the number one way that we will, watching this game tomorrow, get to see if Carson Wentz learned anything while he was out with the injury, while he was on the bench watching Taylor Heineke, the number one way we will get to see if Carson Wentz learned anything while he was out, is if he throws the ball to Terry McLaurin more often. And I have stats to back this up. When Wentz is the quarterback this year, okay, and and there's a decent, like he started, whatever it was, six games at the beginning of the year, and, and he's now played a little bit here last week. So we're looking at six and change. When Wentz is the quarterback, Terry McLaurin's target share is 16%, 1-6, 16%. When Heineke has been the quarterback this year, Terry McLaurin's target share jumps to 29%. Heineke throws the ball to McLaurin a bunch more. And and I know it seems simple, but if like if you watch a game with me, and and this is any game, right? There's there's a few things that I say often. One of them is, hey, let's get the ball to the big, tall, strong, strong, fast guy. Hey, let's get the ball to the big, tall, strong, fast guy. And I and I say it a lot. And and sometimes when a team goes like a half without getting their best player the ball, 
and then suddenly they get it to him in the second half, I will sarcastically say, there you go, you got the ball to the big, tall, strong, fast guy. Now, I know McLaurin might not be DK Metcalf in that he might not be 6'4", 230, uh, 17 abs, uh, gigantic boulders for shoulders. Like, he might not be that guy. But Terry McLaurin is your best offensive weapon. And if you aren't getting him the ball, it is hurting your team. So when I hear that when, when Wentz is the quarterback, his target share, meaning McLaurin's target share, drops 13% from when Heineke is the quarterback... My antennas go up. My alarms go off. Like big red flashing alarms. Danger, danger. They're going off in my head because I want Wentz to understand you're not getting the best out of your best player. And there's a reason why the team splurged and gave him all that that money during the offseason. It's because he's really good. When Wentz is the quarterback, Terry McLaurin's yards per route run is 1.44. Not great. So per times he runs out for a pass, he gets 1.44 yards. Not great. When Heineke is the quarterback, it jumps to 2.63. That's simply by just getting him the ball. And I don't even want to say forcing the ball, because as of a couple weeks ago, and I'm sure he's still near the top, he was the number one wide receiver in the NFL in contested catch rate. The number one wide receiver in the NFL in contested catch. So even when he's covered, he's not covered. Throw him the darn ball. That is something that he, that can be learned, right? We're talking about while Heineke was on the field and Wentz was watching, Wentz could learn, oh, you know what? I probably would not have thrown him thrown it to him there because I'm used to having the terrible wide receivers I had in Philly outside of Alshon, Jeffrey, and, and a couple others. Right, he, he was thinking, hey, you know what? I don't know if Jalen Rager would have made that play or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside would have made that play. Heineke's like, that's Terry McLaurin. I'm throwing it up. Maybe Wentz is saying, I have to do that more. If he's learned, if he's learned, I will, uh, I'll give him a lot of credit. If during that time out, he said, uh, I'm going to make it a priority to get Terry McLaurin the ball, I'll give Wentz a lot of credit. Because, I mean, look at the best wide receivers in the NFL. And, and I'm talking about the best of the best because that's where I put Terry, right? The Justin Jeffersons of the world, the Jamar Chases, the Devontae Adams, the Tyreek Hills. If you, if you look at those wide receivers, they get just as much attention as Terry McLaurin. They are just as, quote unquote, covered as Terry McLaurin. But the teams and the quarterbacks find a way to get him the ball anyway. And Heineke was making that a priority. Carson Wentz hasn't done that yet. And I think that's a problem unless it's fixed. Unless he made that his New Year's resolution. And now, you know, starting with the new year tomorrow, the first of 2023, he comes out firing to Terry McLaurin. And yes, that does have a lot to do with Scott Turner and the play calling as well. And heck, make it his New Year's resolution as well. I asked you on the call in line, 1-800-636-1067, if you had a, a New Year's resolution for Carson Wentz. Again, that number is 1-800-636-1067. Jack has a New Year's resolution for Carson Wentz, so we'll go to Jack. Jack, thanks for calling in. What do you think he should be focused on in 2023? Well, I think he should be focused on feeling the pressure when, when uh, you know, it's coming to him. I realize the offensive line has got to do their job. But the most important thing for me 
he's got a, a bad habit of always throwing a pick at the wrong time. <laughs> Use better judgment. You know, um, look down the field, check left, check right, but make better decisions. And like you said, get the ball to Terry McCullen. Mm. Get him the ball because the man is a beast. That's what makes me so mad about Carson Wentz. He always will throw the pick on you. Yes, there are times he makes a good uh, a good pass, and you know the receiver gets the ball. But you know when it, when it's crunch time, he better make a better decision, or where we're it's just not going to happen with him. Jack, appreciate the call, and and I'm I'm gonna go into that even a little bit further, right? The the Carson Wentz's reputation is that he he throws the back breaking turnover. Uh, it was funny because when when Wentz was pulled last week, uh, and by the way, follow me on Twitter at Donnelly Sports D O N N E L L Y S P O R T S. Um, I posted a a clip of Heineke's stats and it showed the one fourteen passer rating and it showed you know that that he wasn't playing poorly although he had those two turnovers. And I said if you're benching this guy with this this stat line, you already decided you wanted Wentz. You were just waiting for the opportunity. And one of the most common responses I got to that tweet was Heineke made the back-breaking turnovers. Heineke had the back-breaking turnovers, two crucial turnovers. And I wanted to scream back at them, but I, I try not to get involved with the trolls too much. Uh, I wanted to scream back, you don't want back-breaking turnovers, so you're going to Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, I mean, again, in... in Washington earlier this year, but you may say that's too small of a sample size. His thing in Indy was playing really, really well until the 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 chips were down. Go back and just type in Carson Wentz, Indy, interception from his own end zone. I mean, you you I'm not sure if you want to go, hey, we're we're against backbreaking turnovers, and then you end up with Carson Wentz as your guy. Again, unless he's fixed it. But in my estimation and in in my experience playing, watching, covering professionally the sport, the best indication of future results are past results. Expecting guys to change, although it sometimes happens, and yes, there are outliers, a lot of times guys are what they are by this point in their career. A lot of times guys are what they are by this point in their career. I see some more calls coming in on the call-in line. Uh, you, you can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. We'll get to some of your calls, and we'll look at who's going to be joining Carson Wentz in the backfield, meaning Antonio Gibson not playing. B-Rob show coming up next. Kenny in Fredericksburg has a reaction. Again, it's that same number. You can call in 1-800-636-1067. Kenny, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Hey, good morning. Happy New Year and a fantastic show. Uh, I love that you brought up the uh, Terry McLaurin uh, uh, completion rate. Um, It's a great stat. I would just argue, A, Terry was sitting out most of the preseason, so Carson was working with all the other receivers. And then my other argument will be, you know, obviously Terry's our best receiver by far, but we literally have receiver 1A, 1B, and 1C. <laughs> Spread the ball. Oh, and then we also have an uh, incredible tight end who never gets the ball. Well, people forget that uh, Thomas was, I believe, pro bowl caliber about two years ago. 
Um, but for uh, to sum things up, though, my wish for Carson um, for his New Year's resolution, just be confident back there and don't make the killer turnover. I disagree with you a little bit. I think back-breaking turnovers is when you turn it over and the Giants pick it up for a scoop for six points, especially in really close contested games. No, no, if you look at Carson this year, yes, he's had a lot of turnovers, uh, a lot of sacks, but those killer turnovers that really kind of knock us down a bunch. Hey, and I appreciate your time, and thanks again. Appreciate the call. Um, first of all, I'm of the belief that you're, 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 you're studs. And yes, I'm a big Jahan Dodson fan. Uh, yes, I'm a big Curtis Samuel when healthy fan. And and I'll even agree with you that Logan Thomas when right can be about as good as you know maybe every second tier tight end in the league. I wouldn't put him with the Kelseys and the healthy Kittles and and Darren Waller when he's cruising. But everybody other than that, I think Logan Logan Thomas could be in the mix for. But I don't I don't want to get distracted. Terry McLaurin needs the ball. <laughs> And and if you can also get the ball to to Dodson, especially in the red zone, that guy seems to catch touchdowns, uh, you know, better than just about anybody. If you can still get the ball creatively to Curtis Samuel, right, the handoffs out of the backfield, speed sweeps, and things where you get the ball in space, I love it, love it. But do not do any of those at the expense of getting Terry McLaurin involved in the offense. He is, he is the guy in that that passing offense, especially. Chris in Maryland's on the call in line, 1-800-636-1067. He has some quarterback situation talk as well. Uh, Chris, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Uh, thanks for taking my call, first and foremost. Um, uh, I think you guys, like the fan base here in Washington, really didn't give uh, Wentz a fair shot from the get-go. Just think about it. Quarterback, it takes it takes a little repetition to get that that rhythm with a wide receiver. Like the last call I alluded to, what I was going to say is he didn't have much time with Terry in the offseason. And Wentz was trying to play the mistake-free, so the passes that Taylor was making, he was it was 50-50 balls. And let's go back to Wentz's career. Like a lot of people down to him when he was in – Indianapolis. If you go look at the numbers, he didn't play. I mean, he didn't play bad. But who did he have to throw the ball to? Indianapolis was a running team. Team started to load the box. They got no separation. They had no wide receivers to throw to. They had no tight end to throw to. Look what Matt Ryan's doing now. People's loading the box and they can't do anything. And then just think about his career, one's whole career. He had one down year in Philly when they got hit by the injury bus when Carson Wentz tried to force everything. That's when he had that one year when he had like 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He was trying to make plays. He was trying to send plays, force things, and he just looked bad awful. Like Carson Wentz is not a bad quarterback. And Washington had this. You remember when they, they ran Kirk Cousins out of here? They had a good quarterback. Imagine <laughs> they still had Kirk Cousins and what they could be right now. So I hope they don't make this mistake and run um, uh, Wentz out of here without giving him a fair shot. He, he really didn't get a fair shot. Go back to the Detroit game. Did Carson kill him? Like, the defense looked bad awful. The teams that he lost to, he played against probably – Three of the best top five defensive line. He played against Tennessee, Dallas, and Philly, where he struggled against. But, you know, you got to give him a fair shot. Offensive line gave up nine sacks one week, five sacks one, another week, six sacks. You know, it took time for the offensive line. They needed the jail as well. They put all them brand new pieces in. You know, you got to give it time. Like this team right here, you can't just 
plug in pieces and think the team is going to be magically great. And come on, off the OC, Scott Turner, he, he got to call a great game. And I feel bad for Wentz because guess what? If he played any type of, like, Portland, they're going to dog him. Like, only thing he can do is win and everybody be quiet. <laughs> I love it. Chris, thanks for calling in. Uh, 1-800-636-1067. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend, right? Because that's all, it would be pretend. It would be fantasy. It would be make-believe that Carson Wentz's struggles have been 100% on Carson Wentz. That there's been factors. My concern, and this is always my number one concern with Carson Wentz, is how much have the struggles, whether they're his fault or not, right? Going back to Philly, you did a great job of illustrating what he was up against and the injury bug bit him. And obviously, you know, didn't have a, a ton of great wide receivers. At one point, Travis Fulgham, ODU, uh, an, an old Dominion guy, was his number one wide receiver for a month. And it was it was really strange, right? And then Indy, you know, I think you disrespected Michael Pittman a little bit. I think they do have a pretty good wide receiver up there. But... There's a lot of context around the struggles of Carson Wentz. I'm fair to, I'm fine to say that. Just like I'm fine to say there's a lot of struggles around most quarterbacks, right? Like, I mean, pick the biggest bust, Zach Wilson. There's a lot of uh, context around his struggles. I'm always worried about, and this is, has popped up with Wentz, how much those struggles affected him, right? How much of that became a mental block that, that is more difficult to fix, are you talking about him forcing things, talking about him pressing? Well, it, sometimes it's hard to turn that switch off. Now, if he can, right, if he can get back to playing uh, loosey-goosey and if he can get back to playing, um, you know, fantastic, I think he will have to flip that switch off and start playing a little bit more like the guy he was early in his career in Philly. Now, it's obviously in there somewhere because it was there early in his career in Philly, but we haven't seen it much recently let's go back to the call in line sam and fairfax has some thoughts on guys that'll enjoy playing with wentz meaning teammates of his in washington uh that call in line is still open 1-800-636-1067 sam and fairfax thanks for calling in uh what do you got to add to the conversation well thanks very much for taking my call uh, you know i am afraid that terry's going to see less receptions but i think it's going to to the betterment of two key receivers. And you talk about Carson getting back to his roots. Carson always leaned on tight ends. And I think that we're going to see Logan Thomas have a breakout game. The other receiver that I think is going to benefit and steal some um, receptions from Terry is going to be Deami Brown. Deami's our receiver that can get behind the defense. And he, he he puts you in mind a little bit of a Deshaun Jackson. And I, Carson can hit him in stride. I love Taylor. But Taylor cannot hit that deep pattern with a fast receiver in stride. And that's what's going to co- score points more than Taylor was able to do. And I think a big part of the rationale that Ron is using to make the switch. The teams we're going to play now are going to score a heck of a lot more points than the teams that, that Taylor was beating, and we're going to need that firepower. Thanks for uh, taking th- my call. Yep, of course, Sam, and, and good stuff there. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm going to fight back just a little bit. If you're taking targets away from Terry McLaurin to feed them to Diami Brown, you're, you're not going to find me happy on Monday. Okay? <laughs> if, if, if Carson Wentz throws the deep ball nice, that's fine, and he can throw it to Diami Brown. But that better not be a target that was earmarked for Terry McLaurin. 
I, I, I want that priority number one. I want that on his 2023 vision board. I want that as his New Year's resolution. Get the ball to Terry McLaurin. Again, I said the stats earlier. When Heineke plays, 29% share of the targets goes to Terry McLaurin. When Wentz plays, that drops all the way down to 16%, which someone on Twitter pointed out uh, is a 47% drop. Get the ball to Terry McLaurin. I'm Tim Donnelly. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Thank you to that that person that was listening and tweeted at me. You can tweet at me as well, at Donnelly Sports. D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y, S-P-O-R-T-S. No funny punctuation or spelling. Antonio Gibson, out. The Brian Robinson Show tomorrow. What do you want to see from Brian Robinson? We'll dive in on that coming up next. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. I'm Tim Donnelly. Caitlin, back at the studio, keeping us up and running as always. There's a lot of talk about who's going to be in the the backfield for the the commanders this weekend, right? Whether it's Carson Wentz, whether it should still be Heineke. Heck, maybe Sam Howell's getting a few votes thrown in there. A lot of talk about who's going to be in the backfield for for the commanders. But the, the other backfield guy, we know. Brian Robinson. B-Rob, Big Hat Rob, right? Uh, One of the best stories. I think he should be the comeback player of the year, even though he's a rookie, because of what he came back from in the preseason. Shot twice during an attempted robbery. Right? That Brian Robinson will be in the backfield often. Heavy dose of B-Rob this weekend. And here's here's my my call to arms, right? Here's my, my request. I don't want to say demand, but I would love to see Brian Robinson become a more, I don't don't say complete, I say complex, become a more complex back. And this would be a great week to display it. Antonio Gibson's been ruled out. Now he's been been battling injuries and that, that sort of thing. But if you look at these two guys, and they've been at times this year kind of a two headed monster in the backfield, thunder and lightning, whatever you want to call it. Antonio Gibson is the one that brings that more varied skill set. Brian Robinson would be the thunder, right? He brings straight ahead. If you make contact with him at the line of scrimmage, he's still gaining four yards. If you reach him behind the line of scrimmage, he's turning it into a positive play. Short yardage situation. That's where Brian Robinson thrives. He's not a pass catching back. I would like to see him develop that part of his game, or if it's already there, like some believe it to be, I want to see him break it out, right? Now is the time to take off the bubble wrap and let the receiving element of Brian Robinson's game shine because that's what Antonio Gibson was bringing to the table. Hundred and This is looking at Brian Robinson this year. 181 rushing attempts. It's a healthy workload. Nine catches. 181 rushing attempts. Nine catches. He has never had more than two catches in a game. Two. When you're playing all those snaps, when you're getting 20-plus carries, as he's been doing as of late, right? He's been the quote-unquote bell cow back. I need you to catch more balls than that in a modern offense. And I say modern offense because there was a time where you could be, you know, Emmett Smith or you could be uh, Larry Johnson. I don't know why that one pops into my head from, from the Chiefs about 15 years ago. Um 
you could be that, right? You could get in, you could get 25 carries. You didn't have to be a huge part of the the pass offense. But that those days have passed, right? You can't be predictable in your play calling. If when that back is in, that back is unlikely to catch a pass, that allows defensive coordinators to be too specific with how they attack you. Antonio Gibson has 46 catches this year. And I actually think his skill set would lend himself to, to be even more effective in the receiving game. He's a guy who at Memphis at times, you know, called himself a receiver when he was in college. So, so I look at this and I say with Antonio Gibson out, those catches, they can't go away. Right? The, 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 the effectiveness of the running back in the passing game can't go away. So I'm looking at Brian Robinson and saying, I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to be high expectation, right? I'm going to be the person that that stays on you because I believe there's something else within you. I'm looking at Brian Robinson. I'm saying, I, I need you to catch the ball. I need you to get out of, uh, out of the route. I need you to pass protect. And if, you know, your, your guy is, I mean, I'm not going to get into super deep um, protections, but if you're like, you know, middle linebacker to backside backer and neither of them come on a blitz. I need you to get out into the 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 route and I need you to be a legitimate option. I need you to be somebody that Carson Wentz can depend on as a check down. Because, I mean, let's be real. Carson Wentz is stepping into a tough situation. He's stepping into a game that is a must win, that has every expectation of high playoff implications right has every expectation that that if you don't win this your playoff hopes are done right you need somebody to go into that and by the way he hasn't had the number one reps and i've been pointing that out right all this time taylor heineke's been playing the reps in practice the the film sessions like everything's been catered to heineke Wentz is stepping in now and he's going to be expected to find a tremendous amount of success without those advantages and calling them advantages, I mean, without those baseline for what you expect a quarterback to have until this week, obviously. So how nice would it be if you could get Carson Wentz dropping back? And and we've talked about all the receivers, right? He has Terry McLaurin to the right side. Ooh, double covered, safety over the top, and he doesn't beat his guy cleanly. Ah, I don't love it. Uh, Curtis Samuel on a crossing route gets knocked off his route by the middle linebacker. No. Deami Brown's going deep, but the corner's running with him and actually stayed over the top. Problems. Jahan Dodson slips. Right? That, that is a disaster situation. Everything I just described, those are the situations when both Heineke and Wentz have been known to make really, really bad decisions, right? Throw it up into double coverage, chuck it away, intercepted, hold on to it too long, fumble. How nice would it be if you could just drop it to Brian Robinson and he picks up eight? That's what I want to see. I want Brian Robinson to level up. I want him to be a three-down back. I want him to take the best parts of what he does and as best as he can take the best of what Antonio Gibson does and meld them into one player. And then Scott Turner can really go nuts as a play caller. He can really go nuts as a play caller because he doesn't have to shuffle in uh, a different running back when he wants to have the guy out there that can run the, the deep corner or whatever it is. Can run a more sophisticated route tree or whatever it is. So I'm looking at B-Rob and I'm asking for a lot. 
couple weeks ago, I was I was it was on a Saturday right here on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, I was talking about Terry McLaurin and McLaurin had been great and he had been uh, making plays. And I was saying, I still want more. And some of you took that as a, a bash on Terry McLaurin and it wasn't. It was a call to the play caller, the quarterback and Terry to be one of the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL, not just in talent, but in production. So now I'm looking at Brian Robinson. I don't expect him to be a top 10 back in the league, but I'm looking at him and I'm, and I'm putting it on the play caller, Scott Turner, the quarterback, Carson Wentz, the offensive line, and Brian Robinson and saying, take what you've been doing well and add to it. With Antonio Gibson out, that's an opportunity for you to do more. And I'll be watching for it tomorrow when they take on Cleveland. And... We'll throw this in there because we're going to talk about it later in the show. Be better on the goal line, please. Be better on the goal line. The other part of tomorrow's game is Cleveland. How does the Washington defense stop the Cleveland Browns? Again, the call line, 1-800-636-1067. I have a key to the, the Cleveland stop to how Washington can prevent Cleveland's offense from get going, uh, from getting going, I should say. Again, that call in number 1-800-636-1067. We're talking about tomorrow's game coming up next. I think if you look at, at <laughs> if you look at Cleveland, you, their reputation might be a little bit better than their production. Um, You think of Nick Chubb, you think of Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson, who's back now. You think of some of those offensive linemen, and and you go, that offense has to be impossible to stop. Well, Deshaun Watson will be making his fifth start since returning from the 11-game suspension for sexual misconduct allegations that he served at the beginning of the year. Now, he's 2-2 as a starter thus far. So you might might think 2-2, maybe he's putting some things together. Eh, eh. I wouldn't say putting things together is how I would describe Deshaun Watson. Two touchdowns, three interceptions passing thus far this year. But here's here's where it really becomes something that that I think Washington should should use a to take away any kind of um, intimidation might not be the right word, but maybe respect. To be quite honest, uh, the Browns' offense hasn't scored more than 13 points in any game since Deshaun Watson came off suspension. 13 points in any game, the offense, since Deshaun Watson has come off suspension. Now, what I've heard a ton about this move from from Heineke to to Wentz is you're not going to win any game scoring 17 to 20 points, and Heineke has shown that his ceiling is 17 to 20 points. Well, well, if you take care of business against Cleveland, 17 to 20 points should get it done. Now, I always say, get a little insurance, right? Get a little little uh, in, in insurance cushion, if you will. So go get 24, go get 28 if you can. But even though there's some names on Cleveland's offense, and Kevin Stefanski is widely respected as an offensive mind, their head coach, play caller, offensive mastermind, you don't need to force anything, right? The, the, the way that coaches tell players, because it's it's kind of... Um, catchy, it's a little, little, little cliche, little, little sing-songy, is make sure every drive ends in a kick. And they don't care whether it's a punt, a field goal, or, a, or an extra point, right? Make sure every drive ends in a kick. And what they're saying is no turnovers, protect the ball, be a little bit conservative because our defense is going to be able to take care of some business here today. 
There are games, you know, I, I, I use this example often, but um, I played football at the University of Delaware. Now, I know it's not the NFL, but football is football to a certain extent once you get to a certain level. And, and we had a, a linebacker who went on to play a long time in the NFL. Uh, he led the Falcons in tackles for three consecutive years, so he's a really good player. And when I was quarterback, uh, he was honest, right? He was a smart football mind. So he'd go out there for usually the first drive of the game, and, and he had been watching film all week and all these sorts of things. And sometimes he would come over and go, hey, you're going to have to score some points. Sometimes he'd come over and go, hey, we got this. And and he was honest, right? Honest was the most important part there. And and that allowed us to inform. And, and he was talking to me, but also our wide receivers coach, who was kind of the – our offense coordinator was up in the booth. So our wide receivers coach was kind of our, our mouthpiece that we would talk to on the sideline. And, and that allowed us to inform our decisions, right? Third and 12th. If we're playing against a team that we know we have to go score 35 points to beat because our defense is, is saying, hey, their offense is good, then we might call a very aggressive play or we might call a play to gain seven or eight knowing we're going to go for it on fourth. It informs your decisions. Against a team where our defense is saying they can't move the ball on us if they get to 10 points, I'd be surprised. Well, then on third and 12, you might call a draw or a screen and say, hey, if we pick up the first great, if not, we'll punt it away. We'll score points on the next drive. So if I'm looking at this game against Cleveland, how do you stop Cleveland? Just don't let them get going, right? If, if Deshaun Watson is a – he's a very talented football player. Obviously, the off-the-field stuff is a different story. But if he's like a like a three-point shooter right now and he's cold, right, and, and he had a long layoff, didn't play for a long time, and, and the basket looks like a thimble right now, just don't let him get going. Don't give him an easy one. Don't have a communication breakdown that sends a wide receiver down the middle of the field wide open for a 60-yard touchdown. That would be the equivalent of like Steph Curry going 0 for 6 from 3, and then you start fouling him on three-point shots so he gets to go to the, th- the free throw line and see the ball go through the bucket three times on an easy one. And then once he sees it go through the bucket a few times, now suddenly he can't miss. Just don't let that happen. You know there's dynamic ability somewhere within Deshaun Watson. We've seen it, right? You know what's in there. And it's probably going to break out at some point. You just don't want it to be against you. 13 points is the most they've scored as an offense since Deshaun Watson came back. Now, they've gotten defensive scores and special team scores, but you can't worry about that if you're Washington's defense. You just do your job. Oh, gosh, I sounded very Belichickian there. Just do your job. Uh... So here's here's my advice. If I'm looking at Del Rio, I'm looking at that defense. Blitz. Make him uncomfortable. Make him see ghosts. If you're not getting home with just your front four, blitz all day. Keep them off guard. I, you know, it was funny. I was watching the um, the NC State Maryland game yesterday. And and right, there's obviously a ton of college football games going on tonight as well. College football playoff, very exciting time. Um, I was watching the NC State Maryland game yesterday, and I, I I was saying the same thing. I was going blitz. I had just watched uh, NC State beat North Carolina a couple weeks ago, like with a much better passing game than Maryland has. Right, Drake May at North Carolina, much better passing game, and they beat them by blitzing and blitzing and blitzing. And then they were up against a worse passing offense in Maryland, and and they almost gave them too much respect. And if, and it felt like uh, Tua's little brother Taulia Tungovailoa was back there with all day to throw. Sometimes you just need to send the house. 
I think Washington is in one of those times. Sometimes they just need to send the house and, and I mean, I'm not talking cover zero, but I'm talking creative blitzes. Get to Deshaun Watson, get him a little rattled and, and don't let him get going to the, to, I mean, don't let him break out of his shell. That's all I'm saying. Don't let him break out of whatever slump they're in. Fifth start, they're two and two. Two touchdowns, three interceptions through the air. There's nothing that should scare you about the way Cleveland's offense is playing right now. Nothing that should scare you about the way Cleveland's offense is playing right now. I'm Tim Donnelly. This is Overtime on 106.7. The fan call line is open. 1-800-636-1067. We've had it referenced by callers a few times today, but we're, we're going to tackle it coming out of the next break. Uh, again, that number, 1-800-636-1067. And, and, of course, what I'm talking about is Washington's goal line offense. Obviously, they have questions of players. They have injury questions. They have quarterback questions. But if we're looking at, at not players, we're looking at parts of the field. Washington's goal line offense, to me, is their number one problem. How do they fix it? We'll discuss it. Coming up next, right here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.